The Courage to Grow is business. The Big Small Business Show made possible by MTN Business, a new world of business. And by Chartered Accountants of South Africa. Lead your industry with a responsible partner. Partner with the CASA today. Hello and welcome to the Big Small Business Show. This show is for you, the entrepreneur. Whether you came up with the shower idea this morning and by the time you got into the car you already forgot it, or perhaps you still remember that idea and are wanting to make it into a business, this is the show for you. And perhaps you are one of those entrepreneurs who've taken your business uh, to 30, 40, 50 man uh, band and uh, are wanting to take it to our 100 man band, this is the show for you. Now normally we have our panel discussion today and uh, as you know if you've been watching the show, from time to time we have what we call the avoided debate. The discussions that entrepreneurs uh, avoid to have but we are uh, quite brave to have those uh, debates on air. Our panelist today uh, is uh, Kumaran, Mona Lisa is still <coughs> not with us uh, this week. Uh, Kumaran sounds a little ill. They're coughing away. Welcome, Kumaran. How's it? So today we're going to be talking about uh, the people who come in and this is say, a debate. "Yes, yes, this is the debate today." They come in and they say, "I have a great business idea, but I can't get funding." I mean, I get that all the time. You certainly must get it all all the time. And very often, when people go out into the market. They get told all sorts of nice PC things about, uh, well, you know, uh, unfortunately we aren't able to help you. And no one tells them the truth about the reasons why they're not getting the funding. And they keep coming back again and again and again, and then start blaming the financial institutions, saying, oh, they, they don't get me, they don't understand, they don't want to take the risk on me. But the issue is actually that they're not presenting their businesses in a compelling way. Mm. I think it's a complicated issue, but uh, there's no business to present. There's no, you're still talking about an idea, right? Mm. So I think we're going to end up debating and talking about many different things, components to this problem. But no one funds an idea. Funders fund reality. Mm. And between an idea and reality, there's a whole lot that's going on or needs to go on to translate it in, uh, into reality because a funder, if he lends you money or invests, they need a return. Mm. So they need money back. Money back has to come from something. Mm. Ideas don't give that. It's only uh, something that's turning already that gives that. I think we need to talk about, so we can talk about, uh, expand on that a bit more. Yeah. And also maybe both of us can debate what are the steps from idea to reality that is often missing, you know, to translate an idea into reality. So my view on this is that, that most businesses that don't get funding don't have a compelling economic right to exist, what I call CERTE, C-E-R-T-E, compelling economic right to exist. And every word there is important, important around the compelling means that they might have some sort of 
wishy-washy reason to exist and the business might or might not make money but it's not a compelling economic right to exist. What does economic right mean? It means that the, the economics work that you put 100 rand at the top and 120 rand falls out the bottom. Are we and still at idea or is yeah, it the yeah. business starting? No, at idea, even at okay. idea they don't get this. And this is really what I'm, what I'm saying is that when people present even ideas to me or even businesses that are in that early stage, there is no compelling economic right to exist. What I mean by that? There is nothing to sell. They don't have a product. When, they, when you ask them, what do you sell? And we've seen this on the show often. They go, uh, yeah, it's sort of this and sort of that. They haven't defined what is their product. Number two, they don't have somebody to sell it to. They haven't defined a market that will buy it. Mm. Number three, they don't have the ability, in-house ability, what you often talk about on the show, the sales competence mm. to sell it. They don't either have the desire, confidence, or ability uh, to, to go out and sell. And, and lastly, if they do sell it, they they've most often can't sell it at a profit because they are competing with other pricing out there, other structures out there that are far more efficient than, than their own. And that to me is the big issue with, with people who come with ideas to, to try and get it funded or, or invested in. They just don't have a compelling economic right to exist. Some other components of this would be we don't, one doesn't know, they're not tested as the right jockey because they've got an idea. What's mm. preventing their ship from leaving the harbor? Do they have an emotional thing holding them back? Are they prepared to put their house or their job or whatever it is on? Are they committed to this enterprise? So that part hasn't even been tested. And often I find uh, they have the idea, but they're not willing to take the next steps which is at risk, right? Mm. So it's their own commitment to the enterprise. A funder wants to see that. If you believe in your idea so much, have, what have you done to already make a go of it? And how's that manifested in skin in the game as in financial? How, how, how do you see that manifested? It's contextual to the person. So someone may have a house, so that may look like taking a bond on the house. Someone may have a car that's free old, that's a bit old. It could be looking at selling that and using Uber or you know, taxing around or buying something. Someone may not have a property. It may look like leaving their job, taking the pension provident fund off just a couple hundred grand and making a start from that. It could, so it, it, whichever way he makes a plan in his context. So for me, it's not the quantum, because each person is unique. So, you know, someone uh, 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 resigning and taking 200,000 rand from the Provident Fund is equivalent to someone selling his 3 million rand houses in my mind. Yes. That's all that man has. Yes, it's about the I risk they take. I judge it in that context. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so, so if we, we're still talking about idea to reality, the first part is, is them in that equation. Are they prepared to put the kahunas on the line? You Look, know? we both do this for a living. I, you know, we see you know, anywhere between 40 and 100 people a day apply to join Rayscorp. You must have also big Lots numbers of people yeah. applying. Like, to me, the big discernment, yeah, I look at, I look at that, that, the risk that they take. And often they're quite charming in terms of what they will do. I also look for evidence of what they have done yes. in the past. Yes. Because they will say, they know what to say. Mm -hmm. They're very charming and I do this and this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to do that. But too often you see with entrepreneurs who they're charming, actually when it gets down to, it, gets down to it don't actually follow through. True, true. Again, it's that emotional thing, you know? I, I want to ask you, this is something that I, I, 
I also have when they're producing, and of course you know I've written the book Lose the Business Plan, I don't believe in business plans, but often they will present an Excel spreadsheet, beautiful Excel spreadsheets always look lovely, you must see them all the time, you know they have all their their sales always move up, they go 20, 40, and then they just drag 60, 80, 100. The sales are always going to go up beautifully. The expenses are, are wonderful, they all are flat, and they've learned how to do it in month 13 and month 25. That just jumps by CPI, which, which is in the assumptions area of the Excel spreadsheet. It's so beautiful. And at the bottom line, goes like this, and then it has this magnificent exponential curve. When I look at the, the, the detail in there, the first place I go to, and I don't know where you go to, is salaries. I look at the salary of the, that the entrepreneur, the remuneration of the entrepreneur in, in, in that. Why do you do that? Because to the skin in the game, if they are offering themselves market-related salaries when they're coming in, and then coming to me for, for funding, okay, I'm saying, well, you want me to fund, you're gonna, nothing's going to change from your perspective. You're going to have a fancy market-related mm. salary, mm. and I'm going to take all the risk. I go through something different. So also, we don't like business plan. If we get it, we ignore it, because mm -hmm. it's, it's nonsense prepared by some third party. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so, but we test the thinking. Mm. So interrogate via Q and anything. But uh, if we're talking forecast, I start with the first line, which is the sales. Mm -hmm. And I want to know, what are the products or the services? How, uh, how did you come at the pricing, your costs related to that? And how are you going to market and sell that? Because everything starts from there, the top line. And so if the thinking is flawed around how you're going to get those sales, then it's, it indicates a strategy weakness. And that's not tested because when reality now starts translating you know, into reality these ideas, then you're going to find things don't go as cute as what you imagine it in the shower. Yeah, And so you want to test that thinking and what's happened. So I, I tend to start with that. That's my preference. Talking about shower, we have to take a break now. Uh, we'll continue our debate straight after this. Welcome back. Uh, today we have the avoided debate in, in place uh, of our panel and uh, during the avoided debate we talk about things that uh, entrepreneurs are maybe perhaps a little too afraid to, to talk about, uh, things that uh, are a little bit uncomfortable. And today's debate is about uh, the fact that many entrepreneurs come and say, I've got this great idea but no one will fund me. And we're trying to get to the essence of why they are not achieving that funding, why they're not receiving the funding that they think that they deserve. So before the break, we were talking about, uh, I spoke about 30 compelling economic right to exist. We were talking about uh, you know, what we look on in, in that, that plan, forecast. That, that, that forecast, and you were talking about the top line, and I was talking about I go straight to the Salary. remuneration, to the salaries. You know, for, for me, um, the, 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 the place that I also look at is how, you know, you spoke about the logic of how they got to the numbers. The big mistake that I see with many entrepreneurs is that that assumption is, 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 is a fake assumption. Mm. The assumptions are fake. And the one that I hate the most is when they say, oh, the market size, size is a gazillion rand. And if we just get 1%, 
and then they go and find some arbitrary piece of research what the market size is and then they uh, you know say one percent what what are your thoughts on that yeah i i i, I agree this is again a problem with translating idea into reality because reaching that one percent or that ten percent or whatever you is is where the difficulty is mm. so again i come back to the strategy around sales and marketing and distribution and and also analyzing the market you said they go and get some research so we had an interview recently on the show and you asked the guy what's his competition he says he got no competition mm. but he was looking at his competition in a very narrow limiting definition mm. and so if you've defined that incorrectly it's going to affect the way you market and how you position yourself and all kinds of things right and even when you talk about competition if even if you have no competition, which is highly unlikely. There's always secondary competition. Substitutes. Your substitutes, right? Where people are, are making a choice between spending with you or with, with a, a substitute. So I think uh, I also look for that naivete. But it's also um, an interesting thing when you look at the entrepreneur, because I my, my thing is always I look at the jockey, look at the entrepreneur, that blue heart that I talk about, that ability to stand up again and again. And the thing I think I still battle with is that uh, naive, you know, optimistic outlook, okay. uh, and a, and we could say it on the show, and and bullshitting yourself uh, w without doing the homework as, as to what the reality is. Mm. It's a hard d dilemma. And why is that? You know, because to me, that when we are naive. Um, Part of that naivete is that you know you always hear if, if entrepreneurs say if I knew then what I know now I wouldn't have done it. Part of our success is that we don't know how hard it is, okay? And then we just muddle our way through it. We push through. We persevere through it. And part of our success is uh, our optimism despite the the facts. Yeah. You know, we were talking in the break about a movie that we both watched recently. So, McDonald's Behind the Arches, we've read that book and watched the movie. That's a classic case of what you were talking about. It's an example. Someone had a lot of enthusiasm, started off the McDonald's thing, but economically wise, it was flawed mm. because only 1.4, 1.9% franchise fee. Yeah. The franchisees was doing well, that business was dead. Mm. And there was a luck intervention with the financial guy yes that the, the changed guy. yeah yeah that changed the business model yes. and that did, uh, if that luck intervention didn't happen yes it wouldn't have changed the business model mm. and uh, the business wouldn't have risen right yes. so that's an example of something that was uh, going to die it had the wrong kind of uh, business model in total so that that economic compelling economic uh, right, right to exist there's many components in that mm. is the market addressable uh, su sufficient enough are your prices and and economics right in there. Are you making enough money and do you know how the hell to reach them? Yeah. I like, I'm just going back to that, you know, if I look at my, my history as Rose Corp, you know, the, the first five years and two months I didn't make a cent. And, 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 and looking back re retrospectively, the model wasn't right, but instinctively I knew I would find the right figure model. Out, I'd figure it out. I just needed to survive long enough to do it. Um, but I went for funding. You know, coming back to the reason for this debate, I went to funding, and no one would fund me. They didn't understand, and I, I and I certainly didn't understand. You know, I was still figuring it out, but I believed I would. And I, I often wonder um, how that self-belief 
you know, how big that component is in, in success. It's massive. When we started talking about this, I said that emotion part, mm. their own commitment are they prepared to sacrifice is a proxy for that self-belief yeah. to others and to yourself. But, but when, when, when is it delusional? Uh, you know, because, because I, in retrospect, I was delusional. Because all the facts show that there, there was no ways I could make money in that business. Mm. No matter how you, and I had an accountant after accountant. In fact, I had an a, 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 a auditing firm, and I love phoning them every year because they said, Alon, you will never ever survive. We are, we are pulling from this. Mm. This business is not going to survive. And it was a huge blow. You, you talk about jockeys and blowout and assessing. So when we assess, sometimes we can see an entrepreneur is permanent state of delusional, let's call it. Yeah. Or someone doesn't know, but his EQ and his awareness is enough to know, listen, there's certain things I don't know here, but this is, I had the same problem in the past and I figured it out, I went and asked for help, and then you know, okay, that's the one to back. Versus yes. this permanent state of cemented delusion. Yes. This is a deer in headlights. This one, you know that when he encounters a challenge, he'll figure it out. He doesn't know now, but he knows he doesn't know. So the clue you Yeah, so the clue that I'm, you're looking for in the two is one is quite rigid and is keeping on doing the same thing. Yeah. And the other one is learning yeah. and adapting. Yes. And working it out, moving. So, so all right, coming back to, to the, um, the why, why they're not getting the funding. A big part of it for me is also how they present, not understanding that they have to speak bank they have to speak financier. Yeah. They start talking about the product and how wonderful it is, but they're not speaking the language of the financier. Yes, but there's a bigger problem. I mentioned it earlier on. I think I need to be crystal clear for the audience. Yeah. We're a finance company, so let me tell you as a funder what the issue is. There's a brass tack, simple, uncomplicated issue. You lend someone a million rand. Yes. They have to, you have to see proof and evidence yeah. in the past yeah or guaranteed in the future that they can pay back that million rand loan every month. Yes. Right. So there has to be something concrete to judge it. Yes. Is it either it's past financial performance or it's recent financial performance with some kind of a uh, opportunity, like a contract as an example, just to be simple, uh, that shows that it's tangible. So you've got tangible proof. I'm letting the million. I can see next month onwards they can pay back. Now straight away, that's why you can't fund an idea. Because an idea can't answer that question that every funder is going to look every funder. Even if they can be entrepreneurial, you know, in the outlook, that basic premise is still has to be met. Ideas can't tick that box. What ticks that box is something before them that's tangible. That's simple okay. and clear enough for the audience. Yeah, right? yeah, but, but I, don't, I don't agree with you that ideas can't be funded. Because I have funded an idea uh, uh, many times. I've backed the jockey, he's come with a, the idea, he's come with a plan, I've backed him, he was wrong, I carried on backing him and it's become a very successful business. So, so to me, you know, in terms of the, it's called the angel funding space, what, what do angel funders do? They back ideas, mm. right? So what's the basis of that? Previous performance, but not in, in a different context. Mm. You're still looking, you're still taking a bet, I suppose. Your thoughts? So when we talked about how does the entrepreneur translate from idea into reality, we said he probably has to give up his job, sell his house, take the pension, and get money from family, friends, and fools. Because mm. when we talk about funding, we're talking about institutional 
finance organizations. Yes. I'm not putting angel funders in that category. Okay. Angel funder is going to your brother, a friend, yeah. someone that says, oh, shame, okay, I'll, I'll give it to you. But even there, they want to see some commitment, right? Yes. Not the same standard as a finance company, but... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we have to take a, a break now. We have to commit to our commercial uh, objectives here. We'll be right back after this with our conclusions. Welcome back. Now, our uh, discussion today is uh, not our panel discussion. We've been having the avoided debate, and we're talking about why uh, entrepreneurs who go out there with ideas are not getting funding and are blaming, generally blaming the finance institutions for not understanding them. We've gone uh, through a lot of uh, ideas over the last two segments, and uh, now it's time for summary. Let's go with you a couple of minutes on summary. Okay. So when we're talking about I've got a good idea, I can't get funding, I'm answering as a fin as financial for financial institutions, right? Yeah. <coughs> Let's start with that end in mind. To summarize what I said earlier on, a funder needs to see if they're lending you the million, how you're going to pay it back. They need something tangible, uh, proof, history, or some kind of future belief that that can happen. So what do you have to do as an entrepreneur with an idea to give them that? You have to first show that you've answered the, uh, your own emotional commitment issue, right? You've left whatever you were doing and scraped up some cash, whether it's car, house, bond, I gave you all those examples early on. So that's the first block to think, mm. to, to show that you are serious yourself. Number two, you've managed to convince some family, fools, whatever, got some money and you've started and tested because this hypothesis needs to be tested. It needs to be tested that the market will buy that product or that service. They will pay that kind of price. You can achieve that kind of margin. You can recruit that kind of staff, and at the end, that profit trickles out that can service their loan. There's a lot between the theory and the reality. And so they need to see that you've gone into that translation. Okay, so that's happened. You've produced the first Tesla car. We can see it. Now we have faith, even if it's something small. So you need to do that. The funder, uh, sorry, entrepreneur needs to do that before they can convince a financial institution. That's simplistically my okay. the steps they should. And I agree. Well. I agree with. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, perhaps I will embellish on that and add a couple of other things. Yeah. So to me, a commitment is is extremely important, and I uh, my proxy for that is in their plan is what their salary is because okay. that shows how much pain they're prepared to take. And I love zeros until a certain trigger point. Those are my favorite because it shows I'm prepared to take pain in this. Mm. The second is the, uh, the, the, the characteristic of the entrepreneur. I look for, for that and, and we, we won't go too much into that. But just more broadly, who they are, what, uh, what uh, their attitudes are to, to uh, problems. Uh, and in that, I'm looking at their confidence and particularly their locus of control, whether it's external or internal. And you know from the show, I look at language or listen to language. Where's the blame language? If there's blame language, it was my partner screwed me over. Um, this happened, that happened. I just walk away. 
And then it's about the, the compelling economic right to exist, which I spoke about, which was the, you know, I've got a product which is well-defined. I've got a market which I believe will buy it, and these are the reasons. I have the ability or competence and desire to sell, and if I sell it, I know I will make a profit. And that last piece is how 100 Rand becomes 120 Rand. Too often, and this is the simple, you talk about brass tacks, they can't explain how they make money. Mm. And what I do with they come with that wonderful little business plan, well, not business, that thick one where they're still warm from the photostat machine, I tear it up in front of them and say to them, how do you make money? Mm. And nine out of 10 of them cannot answer that question. Mm. Those are not businesses that anyone would fund. Mm. Well, that's it for today on the Owl version of the show this week. I'm joined by Dean Colson, CEO of Brain Farm for part two of our interview. Dean secures high profile speakers for high profile branded events and we're going to unpack his journey as an entrepreneur a bit more. This is followed by an interview with Carl Ballett, uh, board member of Enactus South Africa and we're going to discuss great entrepreneurial ventures initiated and executed by university students. Until next time from all of us it's goodbye and remember if you think it write it down and make it a reality. Kamaran's feeling insecure. He needs some feedback. How's he doing? How are you doing? How's the debate doing? <laughs> no, but how's Kamaran doing? How's his performance? Fantastic. A plus you get. Okay. Right. Right. You're going to get A minus if you don't put the phone down. I can't hear them, so I don't know what she's doing. She's ready? Okay, she's ready. Okay. Big Small Business Show is brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa. Transform the future of your business. Partner with the CASA today. And the courage to grow is business. MTN Business. A new world of business.